This episode of Star Wars and Character is made possible by the generosity of our Patreon supporters. To learn how you can help support the show and have the opportunity to pick a future character for an upcoming episode of Star Wars and Character, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash neozaz. Come on. You come on. Sack up. You sack up. <laughs> put your put your elbow back. Put your hand. Like, you throw put it, your elbow and whatever all that stuff. You do it. Yeah. <laughs> This is Star Wars in Character, the podcast that takes a closer look at some of the elements that make up the Star Wars universe. Backstories, histories, and details you never knew, wanted to know, or ever need to know. Now here are this week's panelists of Star Wars in Character. Today we are talking about I have no fucking idea. <laughs> um, no fucking idea appears in I have no fucking idea. <laughs> My name is Clueless Chris. Today I am joined by Man Matt. I have no idea. Um, uh, Dave. And just tell me, Tim. Dave, I have no idea who you're doing today. That's because I didn't tell anybody. Nobody. Why is it a secret? Don't hide shit. Nobody told me. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like Steven Tyler there a little bit. What is a boy? I don't know what that good or bad. Dave. Well, right. the, the reason that I didn't tell anybody is because I read this story, and I think it's a nice story if you read it like as a narrative. You read it and read it, read it, and there's there's an ending to it, and it's a it's a pretty satisfying ending to me. Ooh, happy so, ending. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so how how are you gonna re- are you gonna tell the story and this gentle person, and then at the end, and the person's name was no. the Magna Guard. No, I guess I'm the gonna... big question is, really, what do we do for as far as posting? Do I do a picture and a character name, or do I not name this, call it the unnamed character, and let the listener be as surprised as we are when we find out? That would be, I think that would be best. Good, that means but... I ain't got to draw shit. There you go. <laughs> a, big, a big question mark. That, yep. That's it. Let them let them play along. Now, I'm... I'll use the blank face from uh, Dick Tracy. I'm not naive enough (laughs) I'm not naive enough to know to think that there are people that aren't going to know this character the second I say its name and it might even include you guys and I'll probably spoil it on Facebook the second we post it well that could be (laughs) so hopefully you don't because I think part of the, uh, the the attraction of this story is following it along to its conclusion so questions what we got to ask questions? I want to. We're going to guess what it is. So you guys just just came up with this. You want to play not twenty questions, but twelve questions. Or so you nine. Get... I was thinking <laughs> that we might want to narrow down a little more okay. to that. <laughs> so you want to play? You want to play nine questions? You each get three. Nine. You each get three questions to to ask me yes or no questions about this. And and like I said, I may say this, and and I can see both Tim and Matt when I say the name, going, "Oh, I know who that is." Oh, but not Chris. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't you could say that know. about Han Solo some nights with Chris, especially yeah. if he falls out of his truck. <laughs> Whoa. That was one time. Yeah, true. All right. Well, I'm ready to answer questions. Hopefully, I can answer them. All right. So, <laughs> who wants to go first? I'll go, I'll go first. Okay, Tim will go. Go ahead, Tim. 
Does this person have any speaking lines? No. Matt, you go. Uh, is this person in The Empire Strikes Back? No. Is this person like a human character? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say yes to that. All right, back to Tim. Uh, is this a prequel character? No. Mm, does this person have an action figure? No. Does this person have a lightsaber? No. Is this person in the cantina? No. Damn it. Is this person in Jabba's palace? Technically, yes. Oh. Does this person shave its pubes? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's yes a no. wasted question, you bastard. <laughs> that was... That was your last question anyway, right? Is this person me? It was. No. Shit. (laughs) All right. right. Well, we don't know. We're going in the cold. It's a human-like character in Jabba's palace, kind of. That may or may not shave its on the skiff. (laughs) It's probably on the skiff. It's probably on the skiff thing. Or a skiff or Jabba's. Hey, I'm the Wallen. The (laughs) Wallen. All right. Well, settle yourselves in. I'm going to tell you a story. Good night. I like this. Should we, should we play the Beverly Hillbillies theme? Come <laughs> <laughs> so listen to a story about a character named Beep. <laughs> Poor Beep Beep. Barely kept his Beep Beep. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you the character's name to see if Matt and Tim know who this is. The character's name is Bidlow Querve. Oh, you know, I've heard it. I must How have, I may have read it in something, you. but I have no idea. I no idea. Uh-huh. Tim? Nope. Mm. Okay. Chris? No. Nope. Not at all. Right okay. now, someone's on Facebook going, how did you guys not know this? <laughs> I know everything about he Star Wars. He was the Wars. one with the you shaved don't. pubes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Midlow Quirve was a human from Corellia. So that's so where he's a Corellian from Corellia. A Corellian, yes. And he was a pirate and a smuggler. He was known for his greediness and his hot temper, which kind of reminds me of the way they ended up portraying Marty McFly in the Back to the Future <laughs> movies. I thought you were going to say Kylo Ren. <laughs> right. Yeah. You couldn't call Marty McFly or Kylo Ren a chicken <laughs> or he'd go all ape shit on you. Which, did, someone, did you guys, speaking of quick Back to the Future slash Force Awakens, I think it was... Hernandez, I put it on our Facebook page. They put a picture of the of the vintage Han Solo <laughs> figure and the new one, and it said, "You got to come back to the to the future with me." He says, "What uh, yeah. is my kid turned into an asshole or something?" Yeah, it's I like the that, exact yeah. lines from Back to the Future. It was awesome. That was good. All right, well, let me tell you a little bit about Bidlow. He was a human. He had a, he, and I've seen artist renderings of him. He had a big mane of black hair with a with a white line going through it. He had very skunk like hair. And his main goal in life was in full-on competition with Bib Fortuna to become Jabba the Hutt's major domo. Okay. Now I know where I've heard this. I think it's in his short story, and I read that before we did the Bib Fortuna 
uh, exclusive episode years ago, but I still can't picture him. But now I know where I know the name from. Okay, good. So you 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 sort of have an idea. Not really. I mean, because it's I mean, that as you're telling me, it's coming back to me, but I'm not remembering anything else. So this is I'm really listening to you in this episode, unlike other yeah. episodes, right? Ignore yeah. you. It's <laughs> cool. So Bib Fortuna and Bidlow are constantly in competition and hate each other to get this very prestigious job. And I learned during this, and I don't remember if we talked about this on Bib Fortuna, that at one point Bib Fortuna was the major domo, but had lost the job because of some error that he had made. And Jabba pits these two guys against each other to fight it out to get the job. Everybody, like physically fight or? No. Okay, no, so like, it was like major domo skills competition or something? Yes. Okay. They both they both had to impress him with what they could do for him. And like he Jabba's would, apprentice. You fired. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Quirv, Bidlow Quirv was universally disliked throughout the palace because he was kind of a jerk. But what he would do is anything that Jabba asked. That he would be a bodyguard. He would stock ships. He would, when Jabba was away, he would take care of his townhouse in Mos Eisley. He would even answer the phone. Hello? Mushy, mushy. <laughs> <laughs> so he would do anything that he, that he had. Bib Fortuna actually always had a leg up on him because Bib Fortuna was smarter than him. Corv was tougher. He had, he had more brawn, but Bib Fortuna was the brains. So Jabba always kind of had it that Bib Fortuna was his favorite of the two. Bib Fortuna could speak Hatties and Quirv couldn't, which, which was a big strike against them. <laughs> um, he had several run-ins with Han Solo. There was a, a, a space station called Station Quen where there was supposed to be a download of Solo's spice smuggling to, to Jabba and this Quirv and Han Solo got into it so much so that he was about to pull a blaster on Solo, and Chewie shot his bowcaster at him and shot the gun out of his hand. Oops. So there's, there's some cool backstory with this. Um, Jabba became angry then that they both kind of got the Chewie got the drop on these guys and could have killed them. And 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 Quirv and Bib Fortuna often ended up fighting over this. Uh, Salacious Crumb even comes into this story because. One of the things, like Salacious Crumb is just loose in the in the palace. I think we talked about this on his story. And at one point, he 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 dumped some kind of uh, goo all over Bib Fortuna and <laughs> Quirv. And Quirv is going to shoot him, but because he's dumped this goo all over him, his blaster doesn't work. Jabba thinks it's so funny that he appoints Salacious Crumb the the court jester. Is this where he has to make him laugh once a day? Or he's going to eat him. <laughs> That's yes. right. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yes. It's that make me laugh story. once a day. So this Quirv is, is trying his hardest to get this job. He, he has another run in with, with Han Solo later. I mean, there's, there's a lot of backstory here that is in some of these stories, like Matt saying the, the big Fortuna story, the, the major crux of his life happens when we talked about this too on the Malakali, I think, episode. And maybe that's why I like this story so much, is because his story is intertwined amongst many of my other favorite character episodes that we've done. Uh, a ship crashes in the desert, uh, some Bothan ship, and the Jawas come and tell Quirv that not only has it crashed, but there's a rancor on board. 
Mm-hmm. And he decides that he's going to get this Rancor for Jabba. Oh, that's cool because in the Bib Fortuna episode, we had told the story that he got it, but not how. And this is filling in a gap to that episode. This is a good accompaniment to that one so far. Mm-hmm. Right. So, And I, I kind of remember that too. This Quirv goes out and, and he, it's very much like going shopping for someone for their birthday. It's, <laughs> it's very earthly in that way that he makes up a lie and says that he's going womp rat hunting, but he's really going out to get this rancor. And he, even he realizes that this is too big a job for just him. So he enlists Bib Fortuna to do it with him. So they do team up on this. And they uh, Bib Fortuna also contacts and hires Malakali from the Circus Horrificus <laughs> to take care of this rancor because they know that this is such a big job they can't they can't possibly do any of it. Jabba's away buying a cantina while this is all going. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I need a cantina. So the, he, they have three days to get this taken care of while Jabba's off buying a cantina. They get the rancor back because they they throw some like gas bombs in it and knocks it out and they get it back and both Quirv and Fort Fortuna install the trap door that's in there in front of the in front of Java's <laughs> throne they 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 take care of everything like the underneath like the general contracting on tattoo like Bob Vila like this yeah. old this old palace they get, they get how can we the- uh, make room for a rancor and a way to feed the rancor in an entertaining way <laughs> They get all this stuff done in three you days. Think we should make it bigger. Nah, that's big enough for a person to fall down. Why make it bigger? Why complicate things? <laughs> Although all this, all the time this is going on, Jabba has spies everywhere. Jabba's spies see that all this stuff is going on, and they report back to Jabba. So he he kind of knows that he's getting this as a birthday present. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, it's really it's like those dicks. <laughs> Dicks that spoil the uh, birthday surprise. It's it, it's very funny. Jabba though is still touched. He's happy that this is happening, and he decides at that point he's ready to make his decision. So he offers the Feed two. Guys. One of them, the rose. <laughs> Would you be my majordomo? Quirv and Fortuna. <laughs> he he offers one of them the job as. Major Domo. He offers the other one is minor Domo. <laughs> <laughs> he offers the other one a job that would be quote remembered forever. He doesn't say what it is. Oh boy. One of them's getting the major domo job. The other one is getting this this very respected position and something that would be remembered forever. Bib Fortuna, because he's a little bit smarter than Querve. Sees the uh, you know, this the sinister way that Jabba's putting this out there, and because he's more astute, he takes the major domo job, and Quirv thinks that he's getting the better job. The better job and the thing that Quirv is taking is to become the first victim of the Rancor. <laughs> Does he take <laughs> oh a lucky God. talisman with him by chance? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. So. He thinks he's getting he's getting, you know, this major position, but really he's going to be killed. And he's too stupid to figure this out. So he dies. He falls down in the trapdoor, the whole the whole deal devoured by the Rancor, just like we see, you know, happen later with Ula and stuff like that. He's the first one to die. But 
He's actually in Return of the Jedi, and I timed it out. Let me oh see. For 3.42 seconds. That's a considerable amount of time. It is. Yeah, yeah. Because years later, he is the skull that Luke throws at the ah, control panel. Oh, that, that's awesome. That is so fucking awesome. And he's in the movie for 3.42 seconds. So really, <laughs> in the end, Quirve kind of kills the Rancor, the thing that you know he brought to the th- to the dungeon in the first place, and you know, and, and that's the end of his story. Oh man, that is awesome! I love it. It's a good story. That was cool. It is. Yeah, it's a great story. That's, I didn't want to tell you guys because I didn't want anybody, <laughs> and I didn't want any listeners even. Although, I, I mean, wouldn't you agree that a lot of them know who this is? Probably. Probably. Are. Yeah. 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 If you didn't know, like I did, and I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what this is about, and I'm kind of reading it as as you would a a book, and I get to the end, I was like, that was a good twist ending. Like he's in the movie. That skull. That Luke just randomly throws at that thing. That's somebody. And that somebody is Mr. Corv. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, dude. Everyone is somebody. What a twist. I'm looking to see if inside the Jabba playset, if there is a little skull at the bottom, and then we can accurately say. He has an action figure, and Dave is. lied to us. Yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> an action figure. <laughs> I, I can't I can't find a, an interior to his playset. I'm trying to remember. I used to play with that a lot when I was little. I know that there's um, bones, and I think there's a skull in there. All right, if you want to go for it and say that that's him, I'm all for it because I love this. Well, that's him. <laughs> I love this story. There's a little bit of other personality things about him, and I didn't know this about Carillions. Did Did you know that Carillions have this? reputation throughout the galaxy of, of being lucky no but yeah. i can kind of see that fitting in with some that we talked about not all of them but some that's supposed to be like the carillions are like the irish of the star wars galaxy like the there's leprechauns to, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there there is a skull inside Jonas. Well, if Dave would have been honest, it would have changed our line of questionings, and we would have known I called bullshit, and we get five bonus points in trivia, and Dave doesn't. There you <laughs> go. All right, so that's bid low curve. Quirve, excuse me. I, I think you should. That's awesome, Dave. So he, I didn't know this about Carillions, but that's, that's, a, that's supposed to be a personality trait of them, and that's the reason, other than they're going for the same job, that Bid Fortuna hates him. I guess Carillions are hated because of this idea that they're a lucky race of people. My favorite, now that is revealed, I, I went to his Wikipedia page, and my favorite picture, of course, is the picture of the skull. Not only the skull, but the skull in motion towards the door switch. So it's like got motion line. It's blurry. It's got motion blur to it. It's awesome. I want, I want, I want Hanendez to make a, a custom figure for this. Um, <laughs> character of just a case and they all skull inside it. That's all I want. Should should we send this photo of the interior of Jabba's playset to Leland Chi to have him officially <laughs> designate that skull in canon as what's his name? Biblo Biblo? <laughs> Bidlo Quirve. Bidlo Quirve. Bidlo Quirve. Okay. I think I think we should do that. We should we should see if we can get that officially 
officially uh, canonized. Do it. Do it. As if Matt's looking at pictures now, I'm sure you've seen some of the artists rendering. He does have like this big mane of skunk <laughs> yeah, hair. He's got I mean, a come on. <laughs> he's got scars all this over his face. This guy's way too cool to be a Java's major domo. Yeah, he's he doesn't look like he doesn't look no. like you would be a concierge. He looks like a freaking like a a bounty hunter or or a hitman or something. He just yeah. yeah, yeah. He has a lot of scars on his face. One going down his face is from a blaster. And the one, the only thing they say about his voice is that I guess people would make fun of him. He had a high raspy whiny voice, maybe like Mike Tyson esque voice. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a cross between Wolverine and the Punisher. I was thinking Wolverine too. Yeah, and and the Bride of Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm I'm looking at his sources and appearances, and I don't see the Bib Fortuna thing, but I do see a couple things I've read. Oh, there it is. No, I take it back. Uh, Of Days Annoyances, the Bib Fortuna's tale says he's mentioned only, but that's I mean that, that most of what you told me, other than the first account of him. Being his competitor was all new to me, so that must be the only mention of in that book is that or that story. It's it. I think a lot of this comes from that the West End Games stuff, and the, he was in the Star Wars source book. There's a lot of people that are mentioned in here that had a hand in his story. Michael Stern, Kevin J. Anderson. He was in this customizable card game. Of he's course. been in a he's been in a lot of stuff, but he was in the Tales from Java's Palace book. Um, the the that story, and I think Cameron J. Anderson wrote it. It's called "A Boy and His Monster: The Rancor Keeper's Tale." So he was more in Malakali's tale. Oh, well, I probably read that too. So maybe that's where I'm recognizing it from as well. Probably. And it's not a long story, and there isn't much more than what I told you. But for whatever reason, as far as us doing obscure characters, the the. Sc- the yeah. skull yeah. in in the in the dungeon that he throws at the thing has a backstory, and I couldn't let that go. Didn't someone ask us to do it? I remember that that photo now on a page or something of our Facebook page. Probably because we have yeah. we have astute listeners, and they would know this stuff. So yeah, like a, a lot of people are already going to know this, but I didn't, and I like I like the story. There's two things that are standing out to me next to the skull picture. First is the quote about the skull, which is, "Let's see, ah, a skull of a previous dinner guest that ought to do it." As quoted as Luke Skywalker saying it, I'm 99 percent sure that is from the Return of the Jedi radio drama. Oh, okay. I I could be wrong. Could be from a book, but I think it's from the radio drama. And then, lower, just below that, the passage says, and Fortuna Malakali hoped to present the creature to him as a gift. Malakali, freshly arrived from Narshada, identified the creature as a rancor, a non-sentient species native to Dathomir. So there's Dathomir yet again mentioned in an episode of Star Wars in Character. So the rancors are from... Dathomir, uh, I guess. Darth, Darth Maul's home planet. Yeah, apparently. Hmm. Can I? Can Everything I think it's from Corellia or Dathomir? <laughs> can I say this right now that I have in my hand the complete Star Wars Encyclopedia Volume Two, and inside is a paragraph. All right, of Biddle Quirve. <laughs> Bidlow. I don't think that's his name, but that's okay. <laughs> it's Bidlow. Bid on here, yeah, Bidlow. And what does it say? A scar-faced Corellian with white streaked black hair. He was an associate of Bit Fortuna and the Twi'lek Direct's vi- rival for the post of Jabba the Hutt's major, major domo. 
Bidlow helped Fortuna acquire a rancor for Jabba's birthday and was soon thereafter honored, in quotes, by being the first person whom Jabba fed to his new pet. <laughs> Matt, I use your encyclopedia. One resolution done. <laughs> I have I have the official passage from the Return of the Jedi novelization here, if you'd like me to read it out All for right. you guys. Luke backed against the side wall as the Rancor reached into the room for him. Suddenly, he saw the restraining door control panel halfway up the opposite wall. The Rancor began to enter the holding room, closing for the kill, when all at once, Luke picked up a skull off the floor and hurled it at the panel. The panel exploded in a shower of sparks, and the giant iron iron overhead restraining door came down, crashing down on the Rancor's head, crushing it like an axe smashing through a ripe watermelon. Wow. That's descriptive. (laughs) <laughs> the end. Yeah, that's, a, that's a that's a mental image there. <laughs> well, as far <laughs> as any of that stuff goes, that's all I got. Like I said, it wasn't a long story, but I thought it was one certainly well worth telling on a show like ours. That was fun. I that was that. an awesome episode. Yeah, that was that was great. And we will let you know uh, via our Facebook page if Leland Chi will approve uh, uh, the. The, the skull in the, the 1983 Java playset as Bidlow Quirve. Yes. Awesome. Awesome job, Dave. Thank you. You're welcome. Now it's time for some feedback. All right. We're going back to email here for a few of these. This is from Billy. Subject, I'm a gun die. Says, oh, what's up, guys? <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast, and I love it. I have been interested in possibly hearing more about this Jedi I'm a gun die. He's in episode one of the Clone Wars. I know you guys pretty much stick to the movies, but hear me out. His name is literally translated. I'm gonna die, which is, of course, spoiler. He does. <laughs> also, another character I was interested in is the Jedi that bites bites it in episode two, trying to count kill da- Count Dooku. He gets shot by Jango Fett. I believe his name is Coleman Trabor. Well, Coleman we've done Coleman Trabor, so it's out there. I don't know what number it is, but we've definitely done Coleman Trabor. In fact, we ended up making so much fun of his story. He was featured in our Christmas special as a part of the prequel medley. He was Coleman Trebor's hitting the ground to Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> anyway, like I said, I love the show and I'm looking forward to hearing more of Billy. Well, thank you, Billy. Um, oh, Billy. <laughs> Let's see what else we got here. I did that one. You need human contact. <laughs> touch it. I will not touch it. Let's go. Here's a couple of messages from Facebook that were that were nice. Let's I'll go through these. This one's from Dennis. He says the Force Awakens has brought me back into the Star Wars universe after so many years, and after listening around a Star Wars podcast, you guys have the funniest, most informative one. Thankfully, at my job, I can listen to my headphones, and I've started listening to yours from the beginning. Great show, guys. Love it. Thanks. A gl- thanks a lot. Well, thank you, Dennis. And from CJ, hello, gents. I just started listening to your podcast last week, and I love it. I started with the first episode, and I'm now on the Grand Moff Tarkin episode. I did skip ahead and listen to the Wedge Antilles episode and your Force Awakens. Okay. I was about to say, well, when you get the Force Awakens, you'll be in that camp divided, and we we may lose you as a listener, thanks to Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, Dave. Is Dave there Hmm. to go to the bathroom? I'm here. That was one of my resolutions, not to go <laughs> okay. tinkle. I haven't. I have not tinkled. During I'm sitting here with a mason jar, so I don't have to go anywhere. 
<laughs> he ends with thank you or thanks for making my commute to work more tolerable. Well, you're welcome and thank you, CJ. And last but not least, for feedback, I will pull one of our Patreon supporter cards. This is from this is from another podcast called Drunk Film Commentary. So they have supported us through Patreon, which is really cool of them. I have listened to they messaged just a while. I don't even know. How long ago? A while ago. I have listened to a couple of their episodes. I am a little behind on it, but I am going to check it out. And it is, it delivers on its name. It is Drunk Film Commentary, which you can imagine is right up our alley. So if you guys haven't heard it, you, Chris, Dave, and Tim, you might want to check it out. But I will thank the guys at Drunk Film Commentary for their contribution. Like I always say, it is it is what keeps us running at this point. I mean, we, we could not support what we're doing alone completely out of pocket so thank you for all your support and i think by this recording we're probably going to be really close to that big event we alluded to two episodes ago before two episodes prior to this so hopefully by the next time we talk about patreon you'll know exactly what i was alluding to and we'll have a lot more Mm. details so more to come on that hopefully very soon if all works out so thank you drunk film commentary and thank you everyone that supports us on patreon and anyone that wants to learn more about it it's at patreon.com slash news as I've heard, wanna, that, I've heard that show. That, yeah, that's that is totally right up our alley. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank Matt for these encyclopedias, man. They're pretty cool. Ah, but now you finally <laughs> opened them <laughs> two, two years, years later. later. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> this is Star Wars artist Kevin Lyle from NorseLegion.com, a wretched hive of scum and Star Wars jewelry. Well, Dave, is it time? It is time. Time for Tim to tell us what we're about to do. What are we doing, Tim? The Lyle Files. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty <laughs> <good>. <laughs> He's the Mark Snow of uh, <laughs> Star Wars and Character. No idea what that means. Yeah, he's the composer for it. Oh, I get it. See, I... I have that I have that song on my iPod because I bought a copy of Pure Moods. <laughs> okay, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> the greatest compilation CD of the early 2000s, Pure Moods. I'm surprised you would buy Pure Moods. Oh, I love I love Pure Moods. Uh, that has like them and like Deep Forest and and Enya. Enya. Sail away, sail away. And Clanad. Yeah, Clanad's on there. Yeah. Do you have Do you have pure moods? No, but I know that's all music. What is Clan? Is Clanad uh, Harry's game? Is that what that song's called? I forget, but I know it has um, oh. uh, uh, some Miami Vice on there. Ooh. What's that guy's name? Jan Hammer. Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. That one I know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it's an awesome. They 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 put out like pure moods five, but like after like pure moods two or three, it, it just it just wasn't this. It doesn't good. put it me like, in a pure mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I, it puts me in a bad mood. No, they, lo- yeah. they lost all their integrity. Yeah. All right. Well, Tim has nine in the Lyle file, followed by Chris with ten, followed by Matt with eleven, and I'm in Lee with thirteen. Shit. So that means it's Chris's turn. All right. Number eighty-four. Eighty-four. Shut, shut the, the door. door. <laughs> True or false? After the destruction of the Star Killer base, five X-wings jumped to hyperspace with the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> you can't ask for a much 
I'm easier saying, choice than this. I'm saying true. I know there was. I don't know if there was four, five, or six, but I'm saying true. You sure? I have no idea. I'm just making sure because you always yeah. debate oh, back and forth. Now it made me think. Was there how many? All right, what five? Did he say? Yeah. Ah, fuck it. Yeah, whatever. True. The answer is false. It was seven. Ah! <laughs> I honestly didn't know. I was just making sure. You, I thought it was less, actually. I didn't so did I. More. Seven is a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Damn him. You know, if seven of them are pulling away, that just illustrates my point of, uh, even for the... Oh, shit. This is about this to lose was, some listeners. Here we go. <laughs> this was not... This was not... This was not a big deal. This was not a. This was not a. This is not hard to defeat. Come on, <laughs> man. Two right. easy questions wrong in a row. So Tim's gone last. He could catch you again, but he it's, could. It's my turn. All right. I'm going to catch you. I catch you. All right, number fifty-three. Okay, I'm gonna really dig back for the board here. Hold on. Bobby Abreu. If it's fifty-three, I bet it's not a Force Awakens. Question, so I'm at least dealing with that. What is the name of the Star Destroyer that captured Princess Leia in the opening of Star Wars A New Hope? I should know that. There's no excuse for not knowing this. I don't know. I have no guess. I'm not going to even... That's a second yeah. Star Destroyer episode, or question you have no guess on. But that that I should know. I mean, that's, right. that's pretty boilerplate for Star Wars trivia, probably, and I don't know. So I'm embarrassed. What is it? The answer is the Devastator. Okay. All right. Devastator. Matt's turn, Matt. You can keep catching me here. All right. 81. How wide was the target area the Rebel pilots had to fire when attacking the first Death Star? Ooh. Oh, Damn, um... I believe two meters is what John Jan Dodana said, and then Luke said, we used to hit Womp Rats. They're that much bigger than two meters or smaller than two meters? Two meters. I'm going to say it. Final answer. The answer is two meters. Oh, I knew that one. Oh, Dave. It. You're only one behind. <laughs> Timmy's turn. Yay. Tim has 93. There's the board. All right. 93. Oh. What is the name of Poe Dameron's X-Wing squadron? Good Lord. Bottom lip. Oh, um, Blue Oyster. Actually, I, I I think they did say it was didn't they say it was Blue Squadron? I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm saying Blue Squadron. You know what that means? Ninety three, ninety three. Yep. Yeah. The answer is Black Squadron. Oh, oh. isn't that what the <laughs> actually was Black Dude? <laughs> it was. <laughs> Still right behind me. Right behind. I knew it was a color. I didn't. I just. Or it's lack of all color. <laughs> all right, so we're all separated now. It's not a tie. Uh, Tim has nine. Uh, Chris has ten. Uh, Matt has twelve. Uh, and I have thirteen. 
that's pretty good. You okay. <laughs> That was funny. I was just I was waiting for each one for you to go. Ah! <laughs> I'm like well, the diva. Great job, Dave, on telling us who Bidlow Querve was. After Thank you, you tell us earlier who it was. He's a skull. That's what he is. He's a skull. He's an ashtray. <laughs> an ashtray. Yeah, but your butt's in it. He's Yorick. Come, come on. Alas, poor Bidlow. Poor Bidlow, I, knew I threw him, him at a wall. <laughs> <laughs> and and he throws that thing, man. You know, like if you're gonna throw something in a movie, you gotta work on your form. This is what's <laughs> cool about the radio drama. This is where Brian Daly does a great job filling in gaps because as he throws it, he's actually talking about how he's not really throwing it as much as he's making it airborne and using the force to guide it into that panel. Give me a break. Oh, you know what? You're not happy with anything, Dave. Those people are right. <laughs> no, I, this is what it is. I I love sports. And I admire actors who, if they're in a sports movie, not that this is a sports movie, but they, they make it look good. I know you hate Costner. There's nobody better than <laughs> Costner. Yeah, except everybody. <laughs> there are some guys that can do it. Charlie Sheen can do it. You know, Tom Selleck can do it. Mark Hamill couldn't have practiced throwing something so he didn't look like he was shot putting that thing across the room. It's a skull. <laughs> come on. You come on. Sack up. You sack up. Put your put your elbow back. Put your hand. Like, you throw put it, your elbow man. and whatever, all that stuff. You do it. Yeah. Where's Mark Hamill from? Is he American? I assume yes. so. Is he from, like, what, California? I think he... He moved all around. He was he was a he was a, a military kid. So I think his, he said his dad was in the navy. So he never so played he, little league. I, I don't know. No, there. I can, Happy. I, yeah, I never played little league. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell you did. His form is awful. Your attitude is shitty. <laughs> right, I'm just kidding. Don't don't hate me. I'm just trying. I'm I'm too the late on the show. I'm gonna make comments. No, on the. Web page, the interwebs. It's never more been. Played, never been more apparent to me that I need to subscribe, unsubscribe now. Right. You know what? I was just thinking. You were asking who if you played uh, um, uh, Little League. I played for Dimmick Electric. Nice. No, the, the one year I was, uh, I played Little League. I played for Dimmick Electric. No, was this where the proper brewing company is? Is and, it not? And Dimming Electric is now the proper brewing company in Quakertown, where I am proud to say I work. For now, until it closes like every other cool place in Quakertown. <laughs> until I get fired for not knowing enough about what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, it'll close before that. No, it won't. It'll be right behind the cigar shop. You don't know, Matt. You're, you gotta, next time you're in Quakertown, Tim, the next time you're here, we're going over to the proper. We're gonna, oh, yeah. We're gonna cigar shop on. was packed every time I went there, too. <laughs> and Karen from uh, Matt's sister from uh, Muppets in Character and her new show. What is her new show called? Uh, you, you pick it out, watch it, something like that. Okay. Something like that. I forget I saw, its name. I saw her there last night. Okay. It's a happening place. Right. It's Quaker Town. It's not a happening town. That's the problem. For a week, yeah. <laughs> what's, next, what's next door to it, Dave? Mom's. Uh, it's going to be a burger place or something like that. Oh, is that where the, the bike shop used to be? 
maybe. Or the, I think so. The, the, like, like the 10,000 villages type shop. Guitar yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah. I know. So I want to get up there and visit before. It's not there anymore. It's not going to close. Okay, you should you should see it in there, right. man. I have seen like the other places I've went up to see that are always happening and then closed. This is different. Mm-hmm. So are the others. So if you if you're in the Bucks, Montgomery, Lehigh County areas in Pennsylvania, stop by the Proper Brewing Company, and if it's a certain night, I'll be there. I'll buy you a beer. Uh, which night? That's what I'm coming. Any night that someone's there that says they listen to Star Wars in character. <laughs> Do Limit one Thursday. beer per person. If you go in there and say, I know one of the most notable people to have come from Quakertown, Pennsylvania, you get two beers. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's right. We're on, <laughs> we're on Wikipedia, not The real Wikipedia, not the other one that says we're nonsense. The, the real Pedia. <laughs> well, who are we doing next, Chris? We I'm are not doing... Telling you. <clears throat> yeah, how's it feel? Tune in How next time. Does it does it feel? Why well, don't tell you the character? <laughs> uh, when we do Cyphodius. Ooh. <laughs> Pass the Cyphodius. Pass the Cyphodius. Pass the dead Jedi. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Star Wars in Character. Star Wars in Character is part of the NeoZaz.com network of podcasts. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, please visit www.neozaz.com. Star Wars in Character is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or 20th Century Fox. Star Wars and all Star Wars universe characters, places, or Star Wars related items are the copyright of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Visit www.swic.neozaz.com for the latest Star Wars in character episodes and information.